All right, 1 Samuel 16. And for the sake of time, well, I'm going to just read through. If y'all would just bear with me, follow with me. We're starting at verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long without mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil. Go, I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehem the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked at Eliab and said, and said Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Somebody say, Thank you, Lord. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. This, y'all. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither have the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. 12 says, and he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. Somebody say he was cute. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. We know that the word of the Lord is already blessed, and those that seek to know him and grow are blessed as well. Amen. We're going to use for a subject today, tag your it. Tag your it. I know y'all heard that about four times, but y'all can still praise God for it. <laughs> All right, tag your it. We've been... On this now, I believe this is the third or fourth. Is this the third or fourth? Third Sunday, we've been on the subject in some form, uh, shape, or fashion uh, of tag your it. And we started out about how, uh, talking about the game tag and how when you were it, you would try to touch someone else, but they would dodge you and run from you because the object of the game was not to become it. 
And we talked about how even in the spirit today, in the body of Christ, we have people that are dodging and running from becoming it. But we are in a season of our lives where no matter how much you try to hide, no matter how much you try to run and, and, and you don't want to be it, the Holy Ghost is finding those that God has called for this time and he's tagging them. And we talked about when you're initially tagged, the first thing that you have to do is take self examination. You have to look at yourself. And oftentimes when things happen in our lives, it is automatic for us to look at who caused them and how it makes us feel. It is, it's, it's, uh, normal for us to get in our feelings and become emotional about the thing that has happened to us. But we now have understanding that there are some things that hit our lives um, that is purpose and purposed and orchestrated by God to cause us to take a real look at ourselves. Uh, sometimes you're tagged not to begin, not to automatically begin to walk in the thing that God has called you to, but for you to take a real honest look at yourself. It is the time for you to examine in your heart because God allows things to take place that what's in you might be revealed for real. You think you're walking in love, you think you're walking in forgiveness, that you can get along with anybody, that you're over that thing that happened to you. Well, God will allow something to hit your life that, that will cause the truth of where you really are in him to be revealed. So the very first reason, the very first thing that we have to do when we're tagged is take a real look at ourselves. Samuel instructed the people to wash themselves, to sanctify themselves of sort that they might be able to benefit from the sacrifice being made. Listen, it is my responsibility to make sure I do my part to ensure that the will of God is done in my life. There is a responsibility that I have. Yes, the promises of God are yes and they are amen. When God speaks a thing, it is so. That is truth. But I also have a responsibility. And a lot of times we're blaming things on the enemy and the enemy is sitting back in his recliner chilling. Really, if, if the truth be revealed, if we really told the real truth, the reason a lot of us are hindered, the reason a lot of us have not entered into the next phase of our process is because of ourselves. Our inability to submit to the process, our inability to see the truth about ourselves. Yeah. We want to blame everybody else. We want to blame our childhood and what daddy didn't do and what mama didn't do and how this person hurt you and how this person uh, betrayed you and how you thought it would happen by now. And all of this, we think of every excuse instead of looking at ourselves. But God says, in order for you to progress, hallelujah, this year, you've got to first take a real look at yourself. Somebody say, tag your it. And when you take a real look at yourself, you'll find that you don't have time to focus your attention on others. You don't have time to focus on what someone else is doing and what someone else is not doing. Because I don't know about you, but it's a full-time job just for me to keep myself straight. So it's something about when you focus on yourself and being right with God, you don't have time to be in anybody else's business. When you focus on yourself, it causes you to mind your business. Amen. We don't have time to be caught up in gossip and what someone else is doing or what someone else is not doing because it's a full-time job just for me to stay in the will of God. It's an everyday decision just for me to do what the Lord has called me to do. I have to yell, the preacher, the pastor, I have to keep my heart before God just like you. 
I don't know what it is about people that think when you cut a, a pastor, they don't bleed. But if you cut me, I bleed just like you. Listen, repentance isn't just for the lay member or the workers of the vineyard. It's for the pastor too. Somebody say amen, amen. for me and Pastor Kareem. Glory to God. So when you begin to focus on yourself and do self-inventory, it causes you to mind your business. So we're at the point in our text now where Samuel sees Eliab and thinks, surely this is the next king. King, I mean, look at him. Surely this is him. He, he has all the right features. He looks like a king. Ever had somebody? Ever heard somebody tell someone, oh, you a preacher? I know, ooh, I know you a preacher. God hadn't called you to preach. God hadn't given you a glimpse that you would preach. He hadn't whispered in your ear you would preach. There's nothing about you. There's nothing that God has ever said to you uh, regarding any, any type of preaching or whatever. God has anointed you to teach his word. He's anointed you to break down a text and teach it in Sunday school or in classes or whatever. But someone would tell you by your appearance or the way you carry yourself that you're something God has not called you. You better be mindful of what your ear is attentive to if it does not align with what God has spoken concerning you you better reject it amen so he walks in and Samuel says the man of God Samuel he says surely this is the next king surely this is him and God corrects him and while doing so he says something we should all carry today we should all look at uh uh, use this today. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart of a man. How many people have we rejected because of their appearance? Because you didn't look the part. You didn't carry yourself a certain way. And, uh, if only we had known that God had positioned us to be a voice in your life, that God had positioned us to be a hand in your back to help you walk in the purpose of God, but because of your outward appearance. We rejected the assignment God was placing in our lives. Say, you better be careful. Can I tell you something? We can't afford to be hung up over how someone looks or uh, who goes before us. Or when you're tagged for something, you've got to understand that it doesn't matter whose name is called first. Once you are tagged, it is a done deal. We have to begin to rejoice at his word. Lord, have mercy. Stop waiting for the manifestation of the promise and rejoice just at his word. And I want to give you a moment, just a few minutes, to bring to your mind the promise of God, the promises that he's given you concerning your children, the promise that he's given you concerning your job, the promise that he's given you concerning your life. I want you to bring it to your remembrance right now. I want you to bring it to mind right now. And I want to tell you that God for real is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son that he shall repent. Don't you dare allow your time limit and God's time limit to clash. We've got to trust him. Amen. We've got to begin to praise God just at his word. Faith is I don't see it. Faith is I do not feel it. Faith is I don't see how it's going to work together, how it's going to come together and work for my good. But at your word, I will bless you because you've spoken it. 
Listen, you got to understand that even where you are right now, glory to God, you are still what God has declared over your life. David was king when no one acknowledged him as such. When he was worshiping in the field, he was a warrior. Come on. Stop waiting for people to validate you. God's seal of approval is upon your life. And if no one else is acknowledging you now, trust me, they will here in a few minutes because you've just been tagged. Huh? Y'all don't seem excited. Y'all don't seem excited. You've just been tagged. You might not know my name now. You might not pay attention to me now. But hold on, just a few, just a few more minutes. God just tagged me. What does it mean to be tagged as it? That means that I have been chosen by God. And can I tell you some good news? I feel that. Can I tell you some good news about that? The good news about that is if God tags you, if God chooses you, that means I have everything I need to walk in the place that he's called me to. See, there's a difference in you choosing me and God choosing me. You have limits. Glory to God. But there is no limit in God. And because he's chosen me, I'm able to walk in a realm, hallelujah, that I never would be able to walk in without him. Somebody say, tag, you're it. Can you rejoice at being chosen? And can I give you some news? And it's the truth for this house. And when I say this house, I mean everybody in here. Wherever you are, wherever you are, on whatever level you're working on, wherever God has you, you've been tagged. No longer can you dodge and run. You've been chosen. Your process has begun. Amen. So, believer, what we have to realize is it doesn't matter what people believe about you. What do you believe about yourself? Y'all hear this? Because if we're, if we're honest, oftentimes we don't see ourselves. We're able to see the good and the anointing and the power in everybody else. But we lack the ability oftentimes to see the truth of who God says we are. God will whisper who he's called us to be and what he's placed on the inside. And I can believe it for you, but I struggle in believing it for myself. Doing the thing that we've been tagged to do and whether um, we have enough faith to move forward in that thing just at God's word. Come on, it really makes a difference in your life. It changes the trajectory of your life. Your ability to believe God shapes your life. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. Everyone won't see it. Everyone would not cheer you on. A person's opinion of you, it just might change. But what God says will not. What God says about you, what he's tagged you to do with your mistakes, with your shortcomings, it still is so. Amen. But can I tell you something? Listen to this. If you're not confident in who you are, you will mishandle the call of God on your life. If you're not confident in who God has created you to be, you'll mishandle the call. Yeah. Ah, why do I say that? Because when you start to allow others to determine whether or not you're gifted, whether or not you're special, whether or not you're, you're chosen, when you start to allow people to determine the truth about your life, whether or not you're anointed or whether or not God called you, you have shifted from being led by God to being led by man. 
And that's a dangerous thing. That's a dangerous thing to shift from being led by the spirit of God to being led by the voice of a man. Can I make a side note right here? And I want every believer in here to hear this. We have to get in the habit of celebrating people when we see them rise from a fall. Oftentimes, we'll say, glad to see you picked yourself up. Glad to see you back on track. Glad you came out of that mess. Glad you turned your life around. As if we've never fallen, or if, as if we've never made mistakes, as if we've never had to be wiped off by God, as if we've never gotten off track and we've never messed up. Oh, we look at them and we tell them, I'm glad you're back on track. Hallelujah, with the righteous finger, as if we've never gotten off track. But we've got to begin to celebrate people that have enough endurance and enough faith in God to make it to the other side of where they are. I don't have to wait to celebrate you when you come out. I see you in in the midst of your mess and I celebrate the fact that you're still showing up I celebrate the fact that you still have your praise I celebrate the fact that you're still on post I celebrate the fact that you still have a yes even in the midst of with your back against the wall you're still giving God praise I want to celebrate you now stop waiting until people make it over to acknowledge them. Stop waiting for people to get to the other side. I'm going to see what they do with this. I'm going to see if they make it over to the other side. I'm going to see if they endure. No, no, no. Encourage them in the midst of. We got to celebrate people because what happens is when you wait until someone preaches well, when you wait until someone teaches well, when you wait until someone performs, you set them up to become performers. Because now I got to perform before you acknowledge me. We have two dogs and the big dumb one. Pastor's favorite dog is his baby, Roman. When we come in, in the house, and he's excited to see us, and he's jumping, and we're like down because he's big, he'll run and get his favorite toy, which is this huge orange bone. He'll run and get it, and he'll start tossing it around. He'll start tossing it around. And he'll get right in front of you, put it on your feet, and pick it up again and toss it, toss it. You know what he's waiting on? He's waiting for us to say, ooh, big dog, good dog. Ooh, look at that big dog. And when we do that, he just goes crazy. He's running around because he's been taught to perform. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Because you've only praised me when I've done well. You set people up. To be performers and then you talk about them for doing it. The way we break that, the way we break that is that even in the midst of, we got to let people know, I see you. I see you, I see you, and I know it's hard for you to keep showing up. I, I acknowledge, I see you. I know it's hard for you to continue to give God praise. I ain't even judging you. I ain't tripping right now. I understand where you are. I understand that it's hard for you not to fall into the trap of depression and not to throw in the towel and give up, but I see you still putting one foot in front of the other foot, and I want to acknowledge that I'm proud of you right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud. 
for you right now. See how hard it is for you that you're struggling to keep showing up. But I'm proud of you. I saw that you failed. I saw that. But I also saw that you didn't stay there. I'm proud of you. I see that you're acknowledging your stuff. You're not trying to project it and make excuses and justify what you've done. You're sitting in the mistake that you made. I see you. I see you while you're in the midst of. Guys, there are a lot of people who are struggling with their identity because the church has put them in that position. You play the drums well. Oh, I'm proud. I'm proud of you. Forget your life. Forget that you're struggling. Oh, you sing that song where, oh my goodness, you are anointed. Forget that you're struggling to show up. That your house is tore up from the floor up. Just perform and I see you. You're at the greeter's desk and you're smiling and you're welcoming everybody in, but your heart is broken. You, it was a struggle just to get here today. And, I'm doing it because I'm faithful to God and I really believe what he said, but I'm in a place of struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm in a season of struggle and, and I'm praying for myself, but I feel like nobody else sees me. Nobody else understands where I am. Oh God, can we let them know I see you? I see you welcoming other people and smiling at other people and loving on other people when you yourself are in a bowed down position. Just trying to make it through. Oh, I see you. And right where you are, right in the midst of your stuff, right in the midst of your struggle. Oh, God, you're still being obedient to God. You're still showing up for him. And I've come to give you good news today. Hallelujah. If no one else sees you, God sees you. And not only does he see you, but he has tagged you right where you are in the midst of your struggle. He wants you to know that he sees you. The late night tears that nobody else knows about the struggle to keep moving forward and nobody seems to notice the things that you talk to him about because you can't talk to anybody else God wants you to know he sees you and he's tagged you you are it say tag I'm it hey right where I am God isn't like man he doesn't wait for me to get it together ah, before he begins to move for me. You know why? Because he understands something a lot of us don't. Brother Robert, I don't have the ability to get it right without him. Without him, I'll never, I'll never have it together. And he understands that. So he'll come from his place of sovereignty. He'll come from his divine place, Lord have mercy. He'll come from his divine place. 
and he'll come into the muck and the miry clay of where I am. He'll come into the dark, dark, dirty place of the pit that I find myself in and he will wrap his arms around me because even in the midst of that, he still calls me his own. He still sees that if he wipes away the dirt, if he wipes away the mud, if he wipes away the coal, that there's a diamond underneath and if he digs through the sand and he digs through uh, the dirty stuff and the slimy stuff, he'll see that I am the pearl he created me to be. Oh, but man will stop at the dirt. Man will stop at the mud. Man will stop at the miry clay. Man will stop at the slime. But I'm so glad today that God sees beyond the dirt. Y'all pray for me. He sees beyond the dirt and the stuff that we don't want to deal with. Sees beyond the stank attitude. Sees beyond that. But we'll judge someone and set them in a category. Her attitude too bad. I don't want to deal with her. But can I tell you something? Your attitude might not be bad, but you're a fornicator. You might be kind and smiling in everybody's face, but you're a backbiter. Come on. You're judging me for my struggle. When your struggle is tore up from the floor, when you have no room, no, not one person in here. I feel this thing. There's not one person in here who has a right to look down on anybody else. We said this in the young adult class, that if every thought, every deed was displayed on the screen, what would your witness be? Would you draw people with what was displayed? Or would you teach them how to compromise and perform? I never would have thought Sister Watermelon was thinking that about me. Now, I looked up to her the way she prays when she has the mic. The way he preaches when he has them. Not Brother Cantaloupe. What? Well, we break hearts and disappoint with what's displayed? Or will it cause people to want to know our God? Will it cause them to want to have a closer relationship with him? Now, I'm not just talking about the stuff people know about. I said every thought. Because there are some things we've thought, but we didn't say. Or we didn't do. Talking about you don't cuss, but you're in your mind. You just, what, you, I can't even look at what you just said in your mind. You don't lust, oh my God, oh, what? You, how you looking at my husband? How you, how you looking at that man, wife? What you saying about your pastor? But you the first one up there to hug him. 
what you, you think that, what? If it were displayed, if the truth of who you really are at your core was shown, what would it teach people? Would your witness be effective in drawing them or pushing them off? How to encourage people to stay the course because a lot of us know how hard it has been it can be because we've gone before you and it would be a shame it, it's a shame it's a low down dirty shame that you would sit with the knowledge to help somebody make it through better than you went through and you'll sit on it to sit in a seat of judgment. You don't even have a full story with your judgmental self. But you've come to a completion of the book after reading page one. Judgmental. Self-righteous. And if I can be real honest, and I ain't scared, plain I ignorant, to take a part of something <laughs> and make an ending of it. What people say about a story, there's the, your, your version, your side, their side, and the truth. Because we all have our perspectives. So don't sit back and watch me struggle and say, that's what I get and I shouldn't have done. Help me, encourage me, be a hand in my back to support and to push, not to reveal. Don't be like Noah's sons. Holy Ghost just done took this. Don't be like Noah's sons. Don't uncover and reveal. Be like the one that took something and covered his father. Get yourself together, Dad. Get yourself together. Come on, get up. You can do this. Come on. I want, listen, you know who I want in my life, Mealy? I want some Optimus Primes. Now, I love me some Bumblebee. He's my favorite. But Bumblebee can't talk. He got to find the right station. And a lot of people are following folk who don't even have a voice. <laughs> Don't be like the others who look to Optimus to lead them. They have no direction. And a lot of us are following people who are rounding the same tree for the fifth time. Are you giving me direction and you walk around the same tree? This is number five. You can't tell me nothing about direction because you lost. I want an Optimus Prime. And I don't know which one it was, but... Sam had to get the cube to the top. And he was running. And there was shooting going on because the others, what you call the, the bad ones? The, the, the Decepticon. That's a word, right? I'm a preacher. I'm a Transformers next sermon. The Decepticons. A lot of us are surrounded by some Decepticons. Come on. Y'all better work it. So they were fighting. 
like this. They were fighting. But Sam had to get the cube to the top. So Optimus, with his voice, I, I love Optimus' voice. He said, run, Sam. <laughs> and, and Sam is running. And bombs and stuff, they're exploding. And Sam's falling. Get up, Sam. You can do it, Sam. And Sam would get up and he would start running again. But then Optimus would say, wait, Sam. Now run, Sam. Need some people that are able to see beyond where I am, <laughs> just like they can see where I'd be. I need some people that can guide me, and when I fall, they can tell me to get up. Not judge me and say, What you doing falling, Sam? Stuff blowing up all around me. What you mean? Why am I falling? And even though I'm scraped up, and even though I'm limping, and even though I've fallen, and even though I've become fearful in some places, I still hear Optimus saying, you can do it. Get up, Pastor LaShawn. <laughs> you can do it. You can make it. Run, Pastor LaShawn. I know it's hard for you right now. I know things are difficult and things are blowing up all around you. But you have been tagged for this. You have been called for this. You have been chosen for this. Get up, Pastor LaShawn. Run on. See what the end's going to be. Wipe your face. Put on some clothes. Put one foot in front of the other foot. Run on. See what the end is going to be. I need... And not the most prime. And I also need the coach that's in the corner of a boxing match. And when my lip is split and I'm bleeding and my eyes swollen and my vision is blurred, when I make it to the corner, he doesn't say, you just need to get, you, you're getting beat down, you need to just give up. He reminds you of your training <laughs> because you have studied your opponent. So he reminds you of the weapon you have because you now have knowledge of how your enemy, your opponent operates. So he reminds you of who you are. He reminds you of what you know. He reminds you of what you've overcome. He reminds you of your teaching and your training. He says, get back in there. Do what you know to do. Do what you've been trained to do. Do what you've been practicing to do. Hallelujah. You're you haven't been in a place of punishment by God. You've been in a place of preparation. Get back in the match. You've been tagged. Get yourself up. Let me put this Vaseline on that eye. Let me spray this water in your mouth. Swish it around, spit it out. Get back in there. Do what you know to do. That's who I need in my life. Somebody that's going to encourage me. And I said this once before, and we'll get ready to go. When I win, you win. And when you win, I win. Because we're on the same team. So I don't have a reason 
it does not add to me in any way to tear you down. As a matter of fact, it takes from me. Because I don't know a whole lot about football, except you throw the ball, they catch it, and they run over there. But I do know with Super Bowl, <laughs> in a Super Bowl, when the game is going, you got the guys who are on the sideline, and their uniforms are clean. Matter of fact, they just have on a T-shirt. But they're cheering. Go, go, run, run. When you make a touchdown, they're going crazy. They're going crazy. When you win the game, <laughs> when you win the game, Brother Durrell, guess who running out on the field? Me, with my clean shirt, no grass stains, no dirt on me. I ain't tackled nobody. Nobody's tackled me. I hadn't thrown a ball. All I've done is stand on the sidelines and cheer you on and say you can do it. Oh, come on, come on. You can do it. Run the ball. Run the ball. Tackle, tackle, tackle. Defense, offense. Come on. I'm on the sideline cheering you on. But guess what? When we win, I get a ring. You get a ring. You dumping Gatorade on me. I'm dumping Gatorade on you with my clean jersey. Because we're on the same. We're on the same team. They don't say who the, who, I ain't going to do y'all. Who the quarterback baby of the 49ers? I'm going to do your team. Cap? Cap, Nick gang. Okay. Cap. I told y'all I don't know a lot, but I... Okay, Cal. All right. <laughs> they don't say, Woo! Kaepernick, you get a ring. I almost made a joke, but you would have been mad at me. I ain't gonna do it. I gotta go home with him. Kaepernick, you get a ring. Kaepernick, you get this check. Kaepernick, you get this trophy. What do they say? 49ers. Because when you win, we all win. When TT made it home, we all celebrated. Because <laughs> she's a part of the team. Come on. When Kimry wanted to think, baby, you'd have thought I was telling her how to read. Come on. Because when she wins, we all. Mom was nominated and then made it into something that I can't remember right now, but she made it. Her picture was all over Facebook. Guess what? I celebrated. Because now we all a part of the ADP. I'm a part of the ADP. What's your name? My name ain't on there, but my own name on there, so I'm a part. I won the, 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 the state, national, whatever, spelling thing. What you do? I don't know. Kimberly did it, but we won. It does not benefit you to tear down your sister. Does not benefit you to tear down your brother. Allow people room to make mistakes, but to get back up. Allow people, stand please, extend the grace that you receive every day. Don't be so quick to judge. 
If I tell you down and you have a place in the kingdom that God has ordained for you, I do myself an injustice. My link just became weaker because I assisted the enemy in hindering your purpose. Me and the enemy became buddies just for a moment when I was tearing you down. <laughs> I linked up with the person I'm binding and casting out and casting down. I teamed up with him and we became partners in hindering you. You've been tagged, believers. You've been tagged to do great things, to be great in the kingdom of God. No matter how young you are, how long you've been in the game, you've been tagged to make a difference. And like David, once you're tagged, your process begins. Because it goes on to say that eventually, after all the sons had passed, they called David in. David was anointed. But I need you to understand, David didn't go from that place straight to being king. There was a process David had to go through. But when he was Saul's armor bearer, and he was the commander of his army, and even when Saul was chasing him, wanting to kill him, when he was pursuing him, wanting him dead, David was still king. When David made the many mistakes he made, murderer, so many things under his name. David was still king. And he was still called a man after God's own heart. Don't be so quick to throw people away. And don't be so quick to throw yourself away. Don't you allow the process to take you out. Don't you let the process cause you to abort the mission. We need you on post. We need you. On post. Listen, and if you were not effective in the thing God has placed you in, the enemy wouldn't fight you so hard. You're effective. That's why he comes for you. Your life is being changed. You're inspiring others. You're making a difference. And of course, he's like, I, we can't have that. We got to get her however we can through her children, through her finances, through her relationships. We got uh -uh, to distract her with some trouble. But what he doesn't know is that the trouble huh, pulls me closer to God. It causes me to be better because I see areas I need to put before God. Amen.